Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, the audio home for Resurrection Lutheran Church of Maumee, Ohio. Today we have our study Saturday. We've got the audio from our iGen seminar from last week's Saturday, October 13th, featuring Mr. Kent Robinson. He's been a licensed um, licensed professional counselor for about 20 years, and he's devoted most of that time to counseling parents and families and teens. Um, the topic that he gets into is primarily um, children and technology, and he gets into a lot of other perhaps scary ideas that we don't want our kids accessing. But I encourage you, um, if it is a scary idea, then recognize that your children probably are more acquainted with some of these topics than you may realize. All that being said, um, many thanks to Greg Brubaker for recording this for our YouTube stream. And if you head over there, you can find us. Just search for Resurrection Mommy, Resurrection Lutheran Church Mommy. Um, you can find all the notes that Greg typed in during the live recording of this as well. Also, you can find the slides that Mr. Robinson prepared in the show notes in PDF format. God bless your day. Well, my name is um, Kent Robinson, and I work at Wisconsin Lutheran Christian Family Solutions. Um, we are headquartered out of Wisconsin, but um, we have clinics all over the country. Um, I think we are in at least six or seven different states, and we have about 70 Christian therapists working in our, in our organization. Um, I uh, graduated in 95 with my BS in psychology and in 98 with my master's degree in licensed professional counseling. So I'm, I'm a licensed professional counselor um, who specializes in working with um, families, adolescents, kids, um, individuals, adults, and um, WLCFS as a Christian, it's a Wells Christian uh, counseling agency. Um, I'm also the chairman of the mental health needs uh, for the Commission on Special Ministries, and I also serve on a couple of different um, boards, Conquerors Through Christ and Freedom for the Captives. Have you ever heard of Conquerors Through Christ or Freedom for the Captives? Nobody. A couple. A couple. Um, Conquerors Through Christ is a, um, a Christian ministry that uh, supports and helps People recover from pornography addiction. Freedom for the Captives is a, a Wells um, ministry that helps adult survivors of sexual child, uh, childhood abuse. Um, so I've been doing this since 98, so about 20 years, um, working with kids, adolescents, and I, I do a lot of my work over at Michigan Lutheran Seminary in Saginaw, Michigan. Heard of that school? It's a prep school. Um, they prepare teachers and pastors um, in, the, um, in the ministry. Um, and I also have uh, two awesome sons and a wonderful wife that accompanied me here uh, this morning. They're in the back doing schoolwork and, and homework, and, and she's a teacher, so she's preparing stuff for next week. I really want this to be a, an interactive dialogue. I, I do not want to stand up here and talk at you for uh, an hour and a half before lunch and an hour after lunch, any more than you want me to stand up here and talk at you. So I, I really want this to be an interactive experience where you can ask questions anytime um, 
and, and really kind of dig into some of this information. Sound good? Awesome. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a few things. Um, we're, we're talking about how technology and social media affects um, our kids. And, and in a nutshell, if I could give you a, a spoiler alert, um, it affects our kids a lot of the same ways that it affects us as adults. We're not that much different. Um, I think kids are a little bit more malleable, so um, I think the effects are maybe a little bit quicker to set in and a little bit um, more intense. But the same things that, that apply to them kind of apply to us. And so as you're, as you're listening to all this information and you're thinking, okay, how can I help my kids um, not be affected uh, adversely to all this technology, kind of keep yourself in the back of your mind because we're all just really a bunch of grown-up kids, right? Um, but we're going to be covering some uh, stuff about social media, video games. We're going to talk about pornography a little bit. We're going to talk about cyberbullying. And then there's some, some, some safety concerns and uh, some biblical principles. Um, so here's, here's, the, here's the, the cold, hard truth. Um, kids nowadays, they are, they are technology natives. Okay? They grew up with an iPhone. If, if they're, um, let's say, 10 years old to 20 years old, chances are they had an iPhone in front of them to calm them or soothe them or, or distract them or... Um, that they could play their games on. Us adults, I would say if we're maybe 40 years old and older, us adults, we're kind of immigrants to this technology. Um, and it's, it's just not something that we grew up with like, like they are. So it's a, it's a whole new world. Um, here's some, some stats. 78% of teens have cell phones. Almost half of those are smartphones. One in four are cell mostly internet users, which means they, are, they, they use their cell phone uh, just uh, for the internet. They use the internet to get on uh, with their cell phones. 23% of teens have a tablet, an iPod, an iPad. 81 use social networking sites. Back when I was young, I'm, I'm, I'll, be, I'll be brave, I'm 45. When I was young, social networking meant what? Call them on the telephone. You had to pick up the telephone and make sure that there wasn't anybody else on the party line, because if you usually shared a party line. Um, that was our social networking, you know? Hey, let's, after school, let's go play out in the woods, and let's go play, you know, with sticks and rocks and stuff and throw them at each other. Um, that was our social networking. We didn't have Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and all those other social networking um, apps at our fingertips. Eight to 18-year-olds devote an average of seven hours, almost seven and a half hours, to using entertainment media across a typical day. And I'd be willing to wage, raise your hand if you have kids. I'd be willing to wage that everybody in this room probably has access to the internet, right? Yeah. Little pop quiz, can you identify these apps? Some of them, yeah. Some of them, I don't know. What's that one? The green phone one. WhatsApp. 
I had to look that up. I, I'd never heard of that before until last night. My wife was like, yeah, that's, that's WhatsApp. Like, what is that? What's WhatsApp? WhatsApp. How about this one? Snapchat. We all know that one, right? That's the most popular one right now. This one? Instagram. How about this one? Mm, got some shaking heads there. How about this one? This one's Twitter. That one's... How about this one? Planned Parenthood? <laughs> Probably not. How about this one? Good guess. Kick. Someone said kick. Good guess. Good guess. What gave, what gave that away? How about this one? I don't know. How about this one? Twitter? Google Plus? Horseshoe? Good. The Colts? I think it's, I think it, this one's Omega, but I don't know what it is. I don't know what it does. How about this one? Could be. How about this one? How about this one? How about this one? We really failed at this pop quiz, didn't we? And I'm in the same boat. I, I would have to go look them up, and I'd, I thought, no, I'm going to be in the same boat as you guys. Who knows what these are? So when, you, when, you're, when your kid comes to you and says, hey, you know, I got this cool app, or you're just borrowing their phone and seeing what they're doing, and you come across, those look pretty innocent, right? Those look pretty harmless, but who knows what they do? Um, in, my, in my research, I could have spent weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks presenting on, on this stuff. There's so much information on the internet, but I, I really wanted to just kind of touch on on the highlights and encourage you guys to, to investigate and research. Um, but there is an app, or there is a, a website, it's called NetAware. You're gonna wanna write that down. NetAware, I believe it's net-aware. And it, it, it'll, it'll come up on a, on a slide here. But that app is really cool. It will tell you what these apps are, what they're used for. It will rate them and kind of, um, uh, across different factors like like sexuality and violence and cyberbullying, um, and it'll, it'll give you like a little gauge. Net aware, really really cool resource. Um, we're going to focus primarily on on the the overall mental health effects of of technology use um, with teens and tweens. But I am I'm also going to kind of touch a little bit about you know how about these little these little ones these little malleable brains. Under 18 months, according to the, uh, the American uh, Pediatric Association, under 18 months, really, really, you're, you're encouraged to limit screen time to just video chatting with grandma, just Skyping with grandma. That's it. Don't, don't, don't get their little brains hooked um, be, before 18 months. Evidence shows that limited educational benefits for children under age two. Really, kids two and under, there's very little educational value. With, with technology and screens. For kids um, an, a year and a half to two, to two years old, um, use some high quality programming, but use it together more as an interactive uh, way to engage your kids. Preschoolers, 
Limit digital media to no more than an hour per day with kids two to five. Uh, no more than an hour a day. And, and digital media, it means what? Television, apps, YouTube, streaming, anything that requires electricity, right? So a book is okay, you know? I've never had one of my kids ask me, I, I can't find the charger for my book. They do ask me, I can't find the charger for my Kindle, or I can't find the charger for my, my tablet so I can finish my book. Um, but no more than an hour a day, kids age two to five. Have shared or co-viewing between the, the kid and the parent. Um, so be there with them. Be there with them. See what they're doing. Um, you should be able to provide ample opportunities for other activities, hands-on, unstructured, social play. The, the, the big thing that social media does and technology does is it kind of removes us from other people close by. You know, we could all be in this room sitting right next to each other, and we could all pull out our phones, and we could instantly disconnect from each other, even though we're sitting right next to somebody. And, and that really has a, 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 an impact, not on just your brain and on your mental health, but just on your development, okay? When, you are, when you're inside on a screen, you are not outside working on your balance. You're not outside working on your stamina. You're not outside working on your cardiovascular or your hand-eye coordination. You're, you, all those hours that you're on the screen as a, as a child, you're missing that development. That's really critical uh, for your development. Focus on educational and pro-social content. Uh, content matters. Here's a big one. Avoid using it as a way to calm your kid. Okay? Now, I've been guilty of this. Kids screaming in the back. Oh my gosh, just please, you know, just stop. Can't st okay, here, 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 take it, take it. Okay, silence. Now, who's got who trained, right? The child's got the parent trained. All they got to do is pitch fit, and the kid's got the thing, and they're, like, happy, and they're singing to Barney, you know. They got what they wanted, right? Um, oops. So, so try to uh, avoid using that as the only way to, uh, to come a preschooler. Here's a big thing. When, when we do that, the, the, the child doesn't learn self-soothing techniques. Okay? A lot of adults don't know good self-soothing techniques other than crack a beer or go out back for a cigarette or go veg out on their iPhone or their tablet or let me go run down and, and, and to the snack cupboard and get me some snacks. You know? Um... It's no wonder our kids have hard times self-soothing. Us adults have hard times self-soothing. And guess what? Your kids are watching you. Your kids are watching you. So try not to use that as, a, as the only way. Um, no screens before an hour of bedtime. And keep your devices, keep the kids' devices out of their bedrooms. Out of the bedrooms. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, when they're teenagers, that's a huge thing. Um, but even preschoolers, um, keep the devices out. Now, my, my kid likes to listen to, uh, he's, I'm, sure, I'm sure he can hear me in the back room there. He's going to flip out. He likes to listen to Yanni, which is a, a, a very relaxing piano player. Raise your hand if you've heard of Yanni. 
He's a great, great musician, right? But he likes that. He, he takes his phone, he turns it off, he hits the play button, and boom, 30 seconds, he's out like a light. And he needs that music to kind of, I think that's fine. I mean, we could, we could do the same thing with like an old style record, record, you know, vinyl record, you know? We could do that. So it wouldn't, that's not, the, that's not a big deal. But there's not like that light, that blue light in his eyes. Um, kids, or uh, children and teenagers, this is where it gets, where it gets a little scary. Somebody read that for me. That's a little typo there, huh? 72% of teens feel the need to immediately respond to text, social networking messages, and other notifications. That's a lot. That's not the other percentage that feel the need to respond within five minutes or 10 minutes, but immediately. Um, later on, there's a, there's a slide that talks about phantom ringing. I just learned about this the other day. Have you heard of that? Until I heard, until I read it that it was a real thing, I thought there was something wrong with my phone. Because it would vibrate, or it would ring, and I'd pull it out, and there'd be no, there'd be no banner, no, ma no message, no notification. I'm like, why is my phone doing that? This is a phenomenon where your brain perceives some other simulation, like an itch or something, and it, it registers in your mind as your phone vibrating, or your phone ringing, or dinging. Yeah, that's a real thing. That, that kind of surprised me. How many, how many, let's be honest, this is a safe place. It's a safe place here. Let's, we're not going to judge anybody. We're not going to ostracize anybody. We're not going to look down our noses at anybody. Raise your hand if you feel a strong need to check your text or your Facebook message or any other notification relatively quickly after you get that. Yeah. Yeah, it varies, right? Depends. Yeah, yeah. How about if you're bored? Does it go up when, it, when you're bored or when you're stressed out or when you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or sick? <laughs> those, those all the time. <laughs> yep, okay. 50% of teens feel they are addicted to their mobile devices. And a lot of, they, a lot of these kids, you know, these days, you know, they'll, they'll deny, I'm not addicted to anything, I'm not controlled by anything. That being said, 50% will admit it, that they're addicted. What do you guys think addiction is? I mean, if you were to, to hear the definition of addiction um, out of a textbook, what, what would you say are some components of addiction? The need, okay, manifesting itself by, by what? needing more time with that substance, we'll call it a substance, okay? Let's, let's, let's think of uh, anything that affects your brain, whether it be technology or food or alcohol or drugs or sex or whatever, uh, we'll, we'll think of that as, as a substance. So increased time spent with that thing. You identify yourself with it. Yep, you identify yourself and you start to choose to be more with spend more time with that substance than with other people. An uncontrolled response or a response that just happens without thought. Compulsivity or impulsivity. Yeah. A feeling of withdrawal or we don't have it. 
withdraw when you don't have that substance. Any other ones that you can think of? Gratification, Gratification or pleasure when you're using that substance or with that thing? Mm-hmm. Here's another one. Um, continued use despite negative consequences. Um, less time spent doing things that they used to enjoy. So, so, social isolation. Um, a, a, an increase in the, the dosing. So more time, more duration, more intensity uh, needed to achieve the same result, the same effect. Yeah. Anyone relate that to Clash of Clans? This is a safe place. I'm raising my hand. Yep. We got another clasher back here. Clash on, brother. If you got a good clan, if you don't have a good clan, let me know. I can get you in that right clan. All right, well, we'll, we'll hook up later. Yeah. Ephesians 6.10. Awesome, awesome clan. Um, Clash of Clans? It's the best video game ever. That one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, kids get tired of it because there's too much, too much patience involved with it, you know, and it, it can cost money, but I've been playing it for five years. I've never, never paid a penny for it. I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm clean and sober when it comes to Clash of Clans. I, I'm going to say I don't have a problem yet. I'm in denial. No. You know, and, and here's another thing uh, with addiction or any other kind of use. Does it cause problems? Does it cause problems with your family? Does it cause problems with your education, your school, with your job performance, with your health, with your mental health, your physical health? It depends, right? I am not addicted to exercise. I'm just not. Shocker. For the people on the podcast, I am not a ripped, buff hunk. I'm just not. I'm not addicted to exercise. It does not, exercise does not interfere with my family time or my, my health or my social time or my job. It just doesn't. I'm not addicted to that. If something was interfering with those, with those things, yeah, maybe, maybe there's an addiction there. But let's, let's move on here. So these are some top social media apps. 1.79 billion monthly active users on Facebook. Two-thirds of them using it every day. Now, I got to tell you, this was... This is probably a good five or six year old slide. This is the, the most um, up-to-date slide I can find. So uh, these numbers might be a little more inflated now today. Three, uh, 600 million monthly active users for Instagram. You guys know that's Instagram, right? The little camera thing. 300 million daily active users. Snapchat, 301 monthly month, uh, million monthly active users, 150 million daily active users. And then uh, I guess that's Twitter, 317 million, 100 million daily users. So Facebook is still in the lead. Is down. Like yes, yes. This is, this is for everybody. This is for everybody. Um, and I think I do have a slide that goes just for the, the kids. And, and uh, Snapchat is, is way out there. And Facebook grandparents are the only ones using Snapchat, or, uh, Facebook. Okay. So this is not, thank you. This is not uh, for, t for teens. This is for everybody. 
Everybody in the world. Great question. There, I think that most of them are supposed to be. But you know what? When they ask me for my age, I'm not putting 45 in there. I'm not putting my birth date, part of my personal identity, on some app so they can figure out my mom's maiden name and now they got me, right? You don't, you don't need LifeLock. You just need to be smart. Sorry, LifeLock, if you're listening. Um, here's, 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 what, here's what you were referring to. Um, this is popular apps. Um, age 12 to 24. Now, this is a, as of 2014. Um, so that's still four years ago. I would say that Snapchat today is far exceeding Facebook. Um, and that's, again, this is, this is 12 to 24. I would say if you looked at ages 10 to 18, Snapchat would blow Facebook out of the water. Um, they like the, the um, how, how messages disappear, how, how pictures disappear. Okay. <clears throat> kind of gives them that false sense of security, that false sense of anonymity. But once something is on the internet, you are not getting it off the internet. It may disappear from your feed, may disappear from your phone. It is in the cloud forever. And there are predators and very intelligent hackers that can get that information, can get those pictures. Uh, we'll talk about sexting in a, in a little bit. <clears throat> Questions so far? Any questions at all? Please, I, I don't want to be up here and, and talk at you. I want your, your questions and feedback. I know for a lot of, I'm, I'm a sixth grade school teacher, mm. and I know that a lot of my students have multiple Instagram accounts. Yeah. One that mom and dad can see. Yep. One that is their the, friend yep. account. Yep. And then probably one for their girlfriend or boyfriend. That only they see. So it's, it's interesting to, to see that. And um, the other one with Snapchat, I have a student who would had to leave my classroom so she could go Snapchat or she would lose her Snap streak. Yes. I didn't know what that was. I had to, I had to ask somebody. Yep. And, and it's just amazing how such a big part of that is their life. Yep. So, yeah, that's another good example that you just brought up of the Snap streaking. Um, that's another dopamine dosing, and we'll talk about that, uh, dopamine dosing response built into these apps to, to hook your kids, to hook us, um, to hook us on, 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 this, on this stuff. Um, if, if we need to go back and, and collect our, our golden or our elixir from the, the thing, or someone's going to you know, attack us and steal our stuff, we, it... it, it it pulls us into, into that app, into that game. And usually there's, there's things that uh, we can purchase or upgrade or in-app in purchases. These people are making billions of dollars. They're not stupid. These free games are not free. They're, they're costing people a lot of money. Exactly what you had said before. What was your, what was your, oh, this is grandma over here. Okay. Um, 
multiple accounts, just like you were saying with the, the Snapchat, uh, multiple accounts, um, this is what kids are, are putting um, on social media profiles. Um, and if you look up here, this is, these are the teen, uh, all across the board. These are just boys. This column is just girls. And then this breaks it down, um, 12 to 13 year olds, and then thir uh, seven, uh, 14 to 17 year olds. 92% um, of them are using their real name, their first and last name. If I Google my name, if I Google Kent Robinson, I'm going to find all sorts of, I'll, first of all, I'll find hundreds of Kent Robinsons. But if I find me, I'm going to find a whole bunch of information. Probably where I live, my last address, my last phone number. They're putting, 91% of them are putting photos of themselves. Not always just headshots. Um, they're putting their interests, their birth dates, their school names, their town where they live. If they're single or dating, I'm sorry, but I don't think a 12-year-old should be dating. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. Their email address, videos of themselves, their cell phone number. That's pretty scary. All you're missing is, is your mother's maiden name, and then they got gotcha. you. Geotagging, yep. Yep, yep. Do you know how to turn your geotagging off on your phones? Yeah, um, it, it changes with each update on your phone. So the best thing to do is just go, and again, we're going to use technology to help us, um, but you can go to YouTube or Google, how do I turn off geotagging on my phone? And then you'll just go into settings and click on this and click on that and drop down this and check, and you'll be done in like 10 seconds. But what that will do is that will take the latitude and the longitude within a square foot of where that phone was when that took that picture and take that metadata out of the, uh, out of the file. So we're on the other thing because it's trying to jump. So we cannot do two things at once. We really cannot. Yeah. English, English teachers have given up on reading novels. Now they're reading books that are just smaller, thinner, because the kids can't pay attention. Yep, their attention that span. Little, it, that one little, and then they got to answer it, and they block that train of thought. Yep. I mean, I get that too. <laughs> so I have to put that away whenever I need, you know, to write something. Absolutely. To the coherent thought and just give myself a chunk of time to do that. But Absolutely. The reason for that, the reason why, why they can't write coherent things for long periods of time or, or they have to break it down in chunks is that we are, our brains are becoming rewired, okay? Um, especially with the dopamine dosing, um, our brains are actually at a molecular physiological stage. They're being re, our, our brains get rewired, okay? And it's, 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 a, it's a hard thing to overcome when your brain gets rewired to those, to those effects. 
Video games are very popular, especially for boys. Raise your hand if you have a son or a grandson or a, a, a male who plays Fortnite. Yeah, no, a couple? A full classroom. A full, yeah, full classroom of kids that play Fortnite. Um, my, my 10-year-old heard about Fortnite, and he kind of started playing it, and we're watching him like, oh, this is cool. This is like a really cartoony, you know, shoot him up, kill him up, you know, kind of a game, first-person shooter. Okay, that's kind of cool. I mean, whatever. And then after a while, it's like, okay, so you won. How did, how did you win? Well, I, I killed everybody, and I was the last man standing, so I, I win. Okay, now what? Well, now you go back, and you respawn, and you do it again. Okay, and then what if you're like the second or third to the end and they, somebody else better than you who spends money on the game kills you? And they slowly, you know, throw their controller down and get all upset with rage quitting. It's called rage quitting. Um, but if you're so close. You're so close to having that, that reward. You're, you're compelled to do it again. And um, we're like, That's, that, this is not good. So we... Um, said, all right, no more, no more Fortnite, you know, in our house. And it took my 10-year-old at least about a week to de, um, detox, to detox from that. He, he said, can I just listen to the music? Can I just hear the music of it? I just want to hear it, you know. And it took him a while to detox. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think the interesting thing about games like, like Fortnite or something, since my kids in my classroom play it, is... They play with each other. They play with people they don't know, and that begins to define them if they can make it to those top spots. Yeah. And then it comes outside of the game into real life, and they both go back and forth between real life and digital. So they self-identify in the game and out of the game by their prestigiousness with their digital bazooka. You know, how good they can, how far they can get. And, and that line, I would imagine, is probably going to get more blurred and more blurred and more blurred between the digital world and the real world. And we wonder why we have people mass shooting people. Hmm. It's a conundrum. Mystery. Can't figure that one out, why that happens. Right? Oh, yeah. So the younger people, I want to be like that person and make a lot of money. Right? Yeah. It doesn't happen. But yeah. Pro there are professional video game players so who make... Uh, oh, there are parents who are coaching their kids who can sign up. Not, no, I'm sorry. The parents aren't coaching the kids. The parents don't know anything about it. They're sending their kids to a, a Fortnite coach to learn how to be a better Fortnite player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Because their parents are so proud. They're so proud of them. Look at my kid. He keeps getting first places. I, the, I have a, a young man at my church and who always is posting his, his Fortnite first place royal you know, victory on his Snapchat account. And he's, I'm, I'm on a Snapchat. And I go up to him and I, and I won't use his name. I'm like, dude, you play too much Fortnite. Why don't you read a book? He's like, whatever. <laughs> like, and that's his identity. That, well, that's his whole identity. That's a huge chunk of his identity is look at me, look at me, validate me, validate me. I'm good at this. I'm good at this. I'm important. So is there proof that like 
I think somewhere there is. I think, though, that it's, it's hard to, to factor out just that factor, like how much of that plays into. I would be willing to bet a dollar to donuts that it has more than zero impact. It has to have some impact. How much impact does it have? I think it's just one of many things. Um, but it's, if we can take that one, that one ingredient or that one variable out of the equation by saying, look, I, no, we're not, no, we're not playing that game. No, sorry, pick, pick something else. Pick Roblox or Minecraft or something else. I think that even if it reduces that by 5, 10%, is that, that's, I mean, if I could lose 10%, you know, of weight, I would, I'd, I'd do that. I'd buy that for a dollar. Go ahead. Different, different games? Not just games, but I'm talking... Websites? The websites, online. There are, there are, yep, and I was gonna, I was gonna add that to my, my presentation, and I was like, eh, it's kind of on the fringe, but that's a good point. There are, there are websites, um, specifically that I know of, called ProAnna and ProMia. Are you familiar with those? ProAnna is a pro-anorexia, um, and ProMia is a pro-bulimia website where you can take pictures of yourself um, and send them in and these people will, will in, give you, um, um, it, it's called, oh, I, I should have wrote it down. Um, it was encouragement, but it had the words skinny or slim. Um, uh, I can't think of the word right now, but they, um, they, they encourage Okay, you're, you're, you're still really fat right there. Or your legs are huge. You need to, to do this. Or here's, you know, it looks like you're re retaining some water. You need to, to add X-lax to, your, to, your, to your, uh, your, your schedule, and then you'll lose some of that flu. There are websites that encourage, that encourage and promote those mental illnesses, eating disorders. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, here's some obvious things, okay? Like I was saying before, excessive TV watching, excessive sitting down with, your, with a device, it's going to lead to obesity. It's linked to heart disease. If you're not outside playing, running around, because you're linked to, your, to your, your phone or your device, obviously there's a correlation there. Um, there is, an, there is a, an association between excessive TV and your... Your, your thinking ability, your cognitive language, and some emotional social delays. Again, if you're not using those things, if you're not out in real, in real life, you're stuck in the digital life, you're not developing those, those parts of your, of your brain as a, as a child. There, is, there are very, very you know, uh, strong associations between violent media content and aggressive play. Um, Okay, hold on, I'm supposed to plug this into this.
Because it's yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, a lot of people you. are like open about it because like it's anonymous, so people can just basically say whatever. They Sabrina, <laughs> Bella, and my God. Next, we sit down with the six girls: Cami, Gianna, Ali, Sabrina, <laughs> Bella, and Alyssa, all between the ages of 11 and 13. Do you all have any apps that you all think eh, your parents might not be so pleased about? Right? I have Calculator Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, I have I it, but I only use it for like in a, like embarrassing Same. pictures of my friends. A lot of people use it for like inappropriate pictures, like nude. Remember, she's twelve. Like our. Friends are getting asked, like, or saying, like, you're hot, or like, <laughs> you're cute, or will you are go you out with me? Because it's anonymous. Yeah. Like, yeah, a lot of people you... are like open about it because, like, it's anonymous, so people can just basically say whatever they, whatever they want. Yeah. Now to Instagram. They all use it. Gianna, the youngest of the group, has the most followers. A thousand? Oh, who are these people? Well, I know most of like. <laughs> but the girls have a second Instagram account their parents don't know about. It's for their friends' eyes only. It's called a Finsta. It's basically a fake Instagram that you use to like post embarrassing photos of your friends. Sure, sounds innocent enough, but experts tell us under the cloak of secrecy is when bad things can happen. Oh, I've gotten like a 19-year-old. Like he just, he just, <laughs> he just like he texted me like the direct message and he said, "Hey, what's your number? Picks? How old are you?" And I, then I blocked him. Yeah, we reached out to all the folks. Ask FM Calculator Plus Instagram as well. The folks at Ask FM, the only ones, gave us a response saying what they're trying to do, guys. What we ha they have to do, they spend a lot of money trying to find the right balance between, you know, privacy and protection for these kids. But this was really eye-opening. Looking forward to tomorrow when you get the families in that kitchen and have that discussion and everything is revealed. Wow. I yeah. couldn't believe yeah. it. As a parent of two teens, please, I want to know. It's hard to keep I, up. We need to know. It's hard to keep and up. And so what will we hear tomorrow, you tomorrow, were saying? The kids are going to reveal what the parents didn't know. I get them all. thoughts yes Like a mentor. Well, yeah, but it's something that my daughters and I discussed, and we identified people that they were comfortable with to talk to. They couldn't. They felt they couldn't talk to 
Yep, absolutely. Someone who they feel safe. Talking about stuff that they don't want mom and dad to know, because mom and dad don't know nothing, right? Right? Mom and dad can't relate to me. Like my Fortnite players can relate. They don't understand those games. They don't understand my world. They're not, they're not liking my, my stuff on, on Facebook or, or Instagram, so they don't get me. So maybe, maybe we should be adding our, our kids to, our, to our, our social media apps. Now, maybe we should be um, using that as a way to encourage with scripture or a pause, something positive, something pro-social, you know. Um, even though they might have a, another, another account or another um, persona, you can still influence them that way, absolutely. And, and it's, it's that false sense of security, that false sense of safety that I don't see you, you don't exist. You know, it's kind of like that, that abstract, concrete theory that when, when kids, you know, that's why kids like peekaboo and why, you know, eight month, 18 months old and nine months old like peekaboo because, oh, I don't see you, you're not there. It's almost like that has not developed you know, and they, they, they have that idea that, well, I can block you, and then you're gone. No, they block you, that profile, they just become a different cute 19-year-old or a 17-year-old boy now, and they are right back in your life, and you have no idea that that was the same person that just was stalking you 12 minutes ago. They don't, they don't make that connection, Right. Yep. 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 And there's so there's so many. And they look they can look normal. They can usually, you know, and I don't have any research to to quote on this, but it's the most dangerous ones are not the old seventy year old, you know, scruffy looking homeless guy that oh yeah, I mean he's a he's a pedophile, he's a freak. It's the it's the it's the um, the, the clean cut, charismatic, knows the lingo, 
um, draws you in, says the right things, you know, um, it's, it's like the Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer was not this weird looking, I mean, from, I, I'm dating myself here, but, you know, um, I, was, I understand that he was a very charismatic, you know, um, kind of pull you in kind of a, a guy. And that's the, those are the ones that are dangerous. But you were with your friends. You were with your, you're with, you were with your real life. The reality that we had yeah. versus now, kids leave the house and then they go into this, you know. Cyber universe, yep. I mean, yep. that's that, you know, Ruddy Player One, have you seen that movie? Mm-hmm. You have to see the movie if you're going to talk about this. Okay, Ruddy? <laughs> Ready Player One. Oh, Ready Player One. Yeah, yeah. Good. It's this whole digital universe that mm. Great point. My daughter's about the predators and all that, and they just blow me off thinking, oh, dad, it's not going to happen. Right. Well, crap. Right. (laughs) These are the same kids that you say, don't text and drive. Oh, it's not going to happen to me. I'm a good driver. Yeah, you've been driving for a year and a half. You're a great driver. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Good for you. And we're going through this teenage internet thing, which is why I'm here. Yep. Literally, right now, as we speak. And I've been talking to her since day one, a young kid. But I'm, like she said, I'm mom. And mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah, I talked to her about kids not getting life, they committed suicide, sexual predators, you know. And she's like, okay, okay, yeah, mom. And she's giving it, yeah, okay, I know. But when you have her friends, like, she wants Snapchat, and I'm like, no, I don't think she's mentally ready for social media. I think you have to be a mature emotionally to be on social media. 25. But all of her friends. <laughs> all of her friends. And that's, that's sketchy, depending on the 25-year-old. So it's this feeling of every, I'm missing out. I'm not a normal kid. And so I, I am a protective parent. And so Good for you. I kind of raised her in this bubble. So I think she, as my husband says, she believes that her world is everybody else's world. Like, yes. Our house is the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, our house is an exception to the world. Yep. You know, there's, yep. there's evil out there, yep. but she ha- she's oblivious to it. So it's like, yeah, you speak about these evil things, but it has that's out. That's out there. That happens to them, Mom. It, it does, it's not going to happen to me, Right. It's, it's that same, it's not going to happen to me. You know, I, we, we, we do what we know. You know, we, we draw our, our, our paradigm and our, um, our life view of the world based on what we see. You know, that's exactly what you're describing, exactly what my, my 10-year-old 
you know, we were talking about um, people going to church and who we were going to invite to the, the, the church picnic. And I was like, well, you know, we, could, we can try again, but I don't think these people down the road are going to... He's like, what, people down the road from us aren't Christians? I'm like, no, I don't, they're not. Well, what about... No, they're not. No one on our road is Christian? What? And like, he was like freaked out. Well, he thought everyone was a Christian. <laughs> Because we're, you know, it's like we, 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 we operate on what we know. And so you're absolutely right. You know, it's outside of that bubble is what's out there. And, and the more that it becomes a cyber, the cyber universe, that becomes, you know, what they, what they draw on. Yeah. came knocking on our door, my mom said, no, she's not, she's not available. Yeah. Um, tell her to go home, you know, mm-hmm. or she stayed too long and it's like, okay, we're going to start doing homework and getting ready for bed. You know, you can't yep. do that anymore. Kids are right. constantly in their friend group and it's, and constantly online and it's conditioning them to always be wanting that gratification yep. and always wanting the approval of their friends. And, the, and even if it's a, a very good friend who has, they're all starting to make poor choices more and more often because mm-hmm. that's available now. Yep. And before you had to see a lot more consequences to your, to your failings. Yep. Or if you weren't being responsible, your mom could address that. Um, and these days, parents are, are so behind the ball because they can't parent anymore half the time. Like most of the decisions their kids are making are so many more. They're outnumbered. They are. You're outnumbered. You're outnumbered millions to one. One thing I thought of listening to those young girls and then the perceived 19-year-old, this is the start of human trafficking. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Grooming. Yes. Grooming. It starts with that. To reduce your your, your perceived level of threat, just to kind of... Uh, be um, apathetic, or you know, it's okay. It's not gonna, not gonna happen to me. Um, absolutely, human trafficking is on the rise. Even parents think of a situation where their child would get taken would be with them. Like they right. always fear we're gonna go to the grocery store and our kid's gonna be zapped. Yeah. The trafficking world is online. Uh, yeah. They are getting way more online. Yep. Coming straight to them than they ever had to go in a public. Yes, it's like it's like ordering a pizza online. Yeah, absolutely. There was a a YouTube um, guy who who uh, would go to parents and say, "Hey, I bet you, I bet you, I can get your kid to jump in my car and go for a ride." And they'd be like, "No, no, no, that would never happen." Okay, well, let's just see. And he would very minimally, very minimally, meet someone at the park or something. And, and we're talking like 10, you know, 10, 11, 12-year-olds. And um, the parent was watching. The parent was watching on a video camera going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. And tons of kids, hey, you know, um, you know that's, I got this really cool car. You want to just, you know, I just want it. You want to see it? And very minimal, very minimal encouragement would get these kids to jump into his car. And, and, away, and then the parent would be like in the back the car or something, jump out, jump out of the trunk or something and scream at the kid, you know, 
Um, but they, they don't think it's going to happen. They don't think it's going to happen to them. Um, yeah? I've had a conversation with my own daughter about the difference between a follower and a friend. Mm. But is it, I said, who are you talking to? A friend? Well, is this a friend from school? No, I met him, blah, blah. I said, that's not a friend. A friend is somebody that I can see, yep. I can meet their parents. This is, this is some creepazoid. Yep. And stop it, Mom, you don't know what you're talking about. Yes, really, I do know what I'm talking about. Yep. So we had a conversation, and I said, if I don't, if I, number one, if I can't get into your phone, it's mine. Number two, if I see stuff that's inappropriate, it's mine. Well, that's my fault. You are violating no, your child's not. privacy. You're going to hurt their feelings. I don't care. I pay that bill. Yes. For, the, for, the, for the podcast, uh, presenters being sarcastic and laughing sarcastically at my own comments. Because absolutely, you have, to be, you have to be on the ball. You have to be in the know of what your kids are doing. Did you hear these girls say that they have this calculator app that looks like Instagram? Or another app that looks like a calculator? And they can text and whatnot and communicate. And you're like, what are you doing? Oh, he's doing her homework. Yeah, I don't even know what the app is called, but uh, not, not aware. Go on, not aware. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you had talked about um, how it's, it's hard to limit the, the contact with, with, these, with these people, you know, where you could just send the kid home, you know, and it's time for dinner. A lot of parents are afraid to do what you just suggested, and that is to take... Here, your phone, 10 o'clock, your phone's in my bedroom. Now, that limits them to that phone. They may have an old iPhone that they, you know, that you thought they got rid of a while back. I had a client who, she had like six phones. And the school and the parents kept taking the phone away, and she kept coming up with more phones. And like, how do you? Well, she had six of them, you know? And so it is hard. It's harder but any any time that you can say, set physical limits and say, um, you know, turn on your phones, or how about this one? The router gets turned off at ten o'clock. Now, but then there's data. Then you got data on your phone, right? Unlimited data. So that kind of circumvents that. It's hard. It's getting harder and harder. There are some programs um, that I talk about, like Custodio um, is, a, is a popular one. Net Nanny is a popular one. But there's always workarounds. And these kids are way smarter. Remember, they're natives. We're immigrants. They're way smarter than, than we are. I'm just going back to what both of those ladies were saying before. The World Wide Web is always on, and it's also worldwide. Yeah. My neighborhood growing up, my parents knew every parent on that block. They knew every kid on that block. And we knew every kid on that block. You knew the kids that were troublemakers. You knew the kids who liked to fight. You also knew the kids who were fun to hang out with. Mm -hmm. So did your parents. Mm -hmm. and, and, and parents were involved in the neighborhood. Everybody kind of knew everybody. And now it's, it's almost the, the whole sheltering, clustering thing where we're going to get in our house and close the doors and, and this is our world. Yeah. And we, we reach the world through our phones or through our computers, through a tablet. If that's the world that my kid's in, and I'm going to have that same knowledge that my parents have, I've got to be in there. you got to be in there. What the world they're doing. And if, yep. I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm just saying, well, they'll be fine. Right? I, think that, I think that starts with a, with a good relationship with your kid to begin with. Um, you know, if, if you have a communication with your, with your child, you know, that's honest, open, built on trust, there's levels of privacy, you know, there's levels of privacy, like, 
um, you can shower by yourself, huh? you know, or you can pick out your own, you can pick out your own clothes, you know, um, and, and I don't have to watch you eat your food, um, but there are levels of privacy, you know, and, and I'm sorry, but when you are talking to people online, I'm gonna, I need to know what, what it is. I need to know who you're talking to. I need to know that stuff. Trust me, your kids are gonna appreciate that. Even though they might not show that they appreciate it when they're older, when they, when they become that, that 14, 15 year, I'm way cooler than you. I'm, I know that that's coming because I, my, my 12 year old is like stepping into that world and I was like, oh God, here it comes, here it comes. But um, if you have that relationship with them and it's solid and they, and they trust you, they trust you, believe me, mom and dad, you're, you're, you're still an integral part. You know, when they run, when they fall and skin their knee, they don't turn to the 19-year-old online. They, they, they're, they're going to come running home to you if you have that, that good, solid relationship with them built. Number one, I'm built on Jesus, of course, built on his truth, and then built on, on, um, on trust. Yeah. Another aspect of it, too, is for ourselves. I was teaching, uh, going through Genesis and talking about the first marriage, and I went off on a tangent talking about the pornography well we're not above doing that you know we watch our children's you know phones and look at it but we shouldn't think that we're above that either you know by modeling it in our own lives so for example like covenant eyes or something like that by showing that we're doing the same thing that we're doing for ourselves for you yeah um think about think about um kids who I gotta, gotta be careful here because I'm hitting kind of close to home here. Um, think about kids who are have a tendency to be overweight or inactive. You look at their parents. Their parents are kind of overweight, inactive. Well, they're eating what the parents eat. They're doing what the parents do. And so it would be normal and natural conclusion, foregone conclusion, that your digital behavior is going to be followed by their practices, right? So they are watching you. They're, they're watching you. They're, they're seeing what you do, how you do it, and they're going to emulate that. So some, what you're saying is the best, the best way to kind of help another, another piece of that puzzle is to monitor your own, your own actions, monitor your own uh, device usage. You know? um, if you're at the supper table checking your, your, your phone you know, and you're yelling at your kid to put his phone away, you're being a hypocrite. <laughs> You know, they're, they're not going to listen to you. They're going to watch you. They listen to you very little. They watch you like a hawk. That makes sense? I think the hard part about that is when I, well, I do a lot of work. Yeah. Home, yep. But whenever my kid sees me, they think. You're playing, you're playing, you're playing. Yep. You're playing. How come you get to play all the time? Yeah. Then, then I know, and that's usually the indicator I look for. I need to not be as visible or just not do it as much in front of my kids. Yep. Should stay out of the bedroom too. Should stay out of the bedroom because when you got husband and wife laying in bed and she's on her phone and, and he's on his phone, there is no communication of any form, verbal or physical, communicating going on when both of you have your phone. And and you know I've been on my phone because I'm waiting for her to get off her phone, and she's on her phone because she's waiting for me to get off my phone. 
And then like 45 minutes later, I'm like, you were on your phone too long. She's like, I was waiting for you to get off your phone. It's like, well, I was waiting for you to get off your phone. Just have the phones out of the, out of the bedroom, you know, out of the dining room, out of the kitchen. Um, so setting those limits, um, and we're going to talk about the plan. Uh, there's a, a, a website that has a, a, some descriptions. Um, but just kind of plowing ahead because I, I have a lot more to show you. Um, uh, games, you know, especially these MMO games like Fortnite um, or any other kind of games that, that draw in the social aspect um, and, and pulling you in. It, again, it blurs, it blurs the line between reality and, um, and, and cyber. Um, Xbox, PlayStation, you know, now you've got the headsets and you've got the Xbox Live and they're like, oh, you know, my friend Josh is online right now. Can I play right now? Because he's online. Right he lives in Wisconsin, but can I, can I play? With he's on. It's like, no, it's an hour different. It's, it's 8 o'clock for him. It's 9 o'clock for you. You're, you're going, but he's, but he's playing. And, and that's the only time I ever get to talk to him. And no, no, no. And so that just adds another piece. It adds another piece to that, that dopamine dosing. Oh, my friend's online. This is my chance to talk to him. And, you know, what do you think? You don't want to be a bad parent. Okay, fine. Ten minutes. You know, 10 minutes and then you turn it off. An hour and 20 minutes later, the kid's not getting enough sleep. Just falling asleep in class, getting bad grades. What's going to happen when you children grow up and need to be parents? Or work a job? In 20 years from now. But when you rely on a device, when you rely on a device to make you happy, to make you calm, to validate you, to entertain you, to be your imagination for you, to be your social outlet, and you don't have that, where are you left? You're left in the dark. You're left, you know, like detox, you know, we'll have detox weeks at our house. And for like three days, my, my 10-year-old, he'll just like, <laughs> and I'm like, Luke, what's going on? Uh, I don't know. Uh, what should I do? And I'm like, why don't you go outside? Ah, and, do, and do what? Um, I don't know. Find, build, build a fort with some sticks. Okay. Uh, can I just watch a quick YouTube on how to do that? No, no, no. You don't, you don't need a YouTube video to show you how to do that. Just figure it out. It takes them three or four days before they get back into that, back into the mode of being able to think for themselves. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we go through weeks of detox sugar, you know. We'll detox from sugar, and it'll be hellacious, if I can use that word. Um, it is like going and experiencing the flames of hell uh, to not have sugar in your system for three days in a row. It's, it's painful, you know, withdrawal, you know, and, and it's the same thing. You're, you're, the brain reacts the same way. What's it going to hurt? What's it going to hurt to detox from, te from technology? Moving right along. Um, write this down. The AAP has a, a website called healthychildren.org, and it's, they have this thing called the Family Media Plan. It breaks it down. You can fill in your your name and your, your kids' names, and it's, 
you know, print out a thing and, okay, this is the time that you can play and, and for this many minutes, this is where we don't have screens and it's, it's a contract, you know, it's, it's like a formal thing that your kids can look at and say, okay, yeah, we're following the plan, we're following the plan. So that's the family media plan. Some other things that can disrupt um, mental health, um, sleep. Sleep gets disturbed. Um, and we talked about the, <clears throat> the hour or so before bedtime. Um, you know, you, you, you program your mind with that blue light. You, you wake your mind up, that blue light. And I don't care. Now they have a, an update on the iPhones that they use like a warm light. In orangey light, like that's supposed to, you know, calm your brain. No, you are firing up your, your neurons um, when you are, when you're visually stimulated, okay? Um, so sleep disturbance can, can be an issue. Um, uh, the higher the usage, the greater the effects, okay? Um, sometimes if, if, if kids are sleeping with their, their devices in their rooms, you know, that, that's going to further complicate things, further disrupt things. Um, and it really, really messes with the, with the, the melatonin. Um, now we got kids who are taking chewing melatonin tablets or chewing melatonin gummies as they're, you know, playing their screens. Well, if you got rid of the screens, maybe that might have a, a, a more permanent effect on your melatonin levels. Um, addiction usage or issues... Um, we're looking at a, a new developing thing called Internet Gaming Disorder. Now we've got disorders and conditions and things that we can put in books and have statistics on them and whatnot. Um, the problematic Internet use, 4 to 8%. <clears throat> I would have guessed that's pretty low. Um, preoccupation, decreased interest, unsuccessful use to reduce uh, the thing and affects uh, withdrawals when you remove the thing. Sounds like addiction to me. Um, that just chose to start playing again from before. Um, Well, that's not even, we're not there yet. Let's go. The life of the immigrant, yes. Yes. Here, let's, let's, that's actually, this is a good time to watch this. Let's see if my... Sexual tastes vary from person to person, but with the current pornography epidemic, as some call it, one has to wonder how exactly this may affect our desires and perception of sexuality. Moreover, how does it affect our sex lives?
Photography constitutes about 25% of all search engine requests. Sexual tastes vary from person to person, but with the current pornography epidemic, as some call How does it affect our sex lives? Pornography constitutes about 25% of all search engine requests and is the fourth most common reason people give for going on the internet. And while it may seem to simply facilitate an instinctual sexual response linked to millions of years of evolution, the truth is, pornography has dynamically changed over time, ultimately molding our tastes and desires. The not-so-shocking truth is that pornography has profound consequences for the brain and acts in many ways like a drug. With prolonged exposure, your tolerance is increased and many often find themselves addicted. Though it's not a physical substance, it leads to the same general loss of control, the compulsiveness to seek out the activity despite negative consequences, and withdrawal when it goes away, much like that of gambling or running, for example. The issue is that continued exposure can cause long-term or even lifelong neuroplastic change in the brain. Dopamine is released as a reward whenever we accomplish something, whether it be eating to sustain life or sexual activity to produce future life. And this dopamine consolidates neural connections in order to drive us to perform the same activity in the future. In other words, it alters and forms the brain cells to motivate certain actions. It rewires your brain. The National Institutes of Health measure drug addictiveness by testing rats. The rat is trained to press a button in order to get a drug, and the harder it works indicates how addictive the substance is. It turns out that the more addictive a drug is, the more dopamine we see released. And while there is, unfortunately, no rat porn that we can give to them, we do know that dopamine is also released during sexual excitement, which pornography plays right into. The more time you spend doing it, the more dopamine gets released, which reinforces the behavior and makes you not only desire it in the future, but require it. And as you begin to imagine these images away from the computer or while having sex, they become reinforced. Furthermore, each orgasm releases even more dopamine, which consolidates the connections made during the session. It's a feedback loop that becomes harder to escape. And just like a drug, your tolerance for visual stimulation has now compounded, making it more difficult to be turned on by reality. Pornography addiction can often lead to finding your mate less attractive. The good news is, it doesn't have to be permanent. Usually when people understand the mechanism and realize it's affecting their relationships, they can stop. The brain is often described as a use-it-or-lose-it system because the neural connections you stimulate grow stronger and desire to be activated, while the ones you ignore become weakened. Much like your muscles, which, if sitting still all day, itch for activity, but after prolonged non-use, they become complacent. Luckily, because of this use-it-or-lose-it brain, the same neuroplastic system that proliferates these habits can also be used to acquire healthier ones. wiring of, the, of your brain.
oh, we've got a, we've got a, a, vid a video for you after lunch that um, I'm going to warn you right up front. It's, it's very um, disturbing. It's very disturbing. And um, my wife is like, ooh, that's kind of intense. I said, yeah, this is an intense subject. It's an intense subject. It's an intense um, reality. It's, it's an intense danger. It's an intense threat. Um, video games are, are riding our kids' brain. Social media is riding our kids' brain. Th this stuff here um, kills people. It kills marriages. It kills sex. It kills, um, which God made, by the way. God made sex super awesome. And so it, this stuff kills it. Um, and I think the devil uses this um, to, to destroy a marriage, which is, you know, two becoming one. And then after you're divided, the devil likes to go after each of you individually. Because he knows a house that's, that's, um, that's divided can't, can't stand. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something that um, when I show you some statistics, um, you'll be like, why are we talking about this with, you know, teens and tweens? The, raise your hand if you think you know, or just take a guess. Throw some numbers out. What do you think is the first eight, the age of first uh, exposure to pornography is? Nine years old. Nine years old. Yep. Should we be talking about this with a uh, presentation with teens and tweens? Yeah. So five-year-old, Right. Walking them through the mall past a Victoria's Secret um, store or an Abercrombie store, um, that's not counting that. That's not adding that into the, to the stat. Yeah. Yep. Um, how about we go another five minutes or so, and then we'll take some more questions. And I really appreciate how, in, how uh, interactive you guys are. That's fantastic. Um, yes. At the end of the last visual, I left the impression that the rewiring had been undone. Yes. And, and, and perhaps a comment on that would be appropriate. Yes, absolutely. Um, so he, he talked about the, the use it or lose it. When you don't, um, when you don't pair that substance with. Um, with with the behavior, it, you're you're gonna you're gonna find that that the the, the wiring and you're in your brain. There's a couple of things that are going on. There's a, a part called the nucleus of accumbens, um, and and that that talks about, that uh, is responsible for pleasure, and and um, that gets affected, and 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 thrown off. Um, when you, when you remove that, when you're able to get that substance, like even heroin, out of your system, after a while, after a while, that, that, that pairing, that connection decreases, and your wires go find something else. Uh, dopamine, you replace it with something more positive, something more helpful, something um, more, benefic more beneficial. And those wires will rewire themselves again. Yeah, it takes about 10 to 12 weeks. Yes. Follow up. Yes. You're talking about undoing something that's a bad connection. But I also saw that saying if you're practicing the right things, you'll 
Yes. Yes. And you have to do them both together because if, if you're going to take sugar away from me, you better give me something that's going to bring me pleasure or I'm going right back to that sugar. Right? We're, we're, we're hedonistic by nature. We, we want to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And boredom is pain. You know, anger is pain. So it's, you have to have them both going on at the same time. Absolutely. Does that answer your question? We're, we're going to talk about how <clears throat> this, this thing, this smartphone, you know, yeah, you can use it for good, but with that is a lot of bad, you know, and it's um, going back to the people with phones, you know, landline phones. Um, if you wanted to access pornography 40 years ago, you had to go to your buddy's house. You had to go to the gas station uh, magazine rack. Now, it's at your fingertips. If you have a smartphone, you have access to billions of pornographic images for free. You don't have to pay for them. They're right there on your phone. In your, it's in your pocket. How portable is that? Right? So that's what we're, that's what we're fighting. That's why I, I, put, I put this in this presentation. Because nine years old... Had a, a friend um, who I told that stat to, and he said, Can I tell you something in confidence? He said, Our son staggered across that while he was doing homework. It seeks kids out. Kids out. We're going to talk about how it seeks kids out, and it does just that. And, it, and he stumbled across it, and innocently enough, he, he panicked, didn't know what to do. Do I tell my mom and dad? My, my dad's a pastor. He'll, He'll send me to hell, or he'll be, I'll, I'll disappoint him, or something, right? So, he didn't tell anybody. For three years, for three years, and his parents were very great, good, awesome parents. What, what, what are you working on? Show me your computer, do your homework out here. Very hypervigilant, on the ball. But you don't, you don't follow your kids into the bathroom when they're going to the bathroom. That's part of privacy, right? You don't have to watch your kids into going to the bathroom. You shouldn't do that. But they have, their, they have their smartphones. They have their smartphones. And they'll use, or maybe they're at school. You don't follow them to school, right? You're not with your kid all the time. Yep. Why don't we take a few more questions, and then um, I want to... Maybe just touch on this really fast, um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get into the, the scarier stuff. Like, there's more scarier stuff than this? Yeah, there's scarier stuff than this. Um, sexting is, is, of course, um, uh, texting um, in, with sexual activity. So it'll be kids who um, take pictures of themselves and then send that to their boyfriend or girlfriend. Could be a, a minor sending it to another minor, but guess what? That's, well, it's out there, but that's also child pornography. 
even if a child creates it and sends it, you're creating and distributing and receiving child pornography. We have a, an FBI um, agent in, in my church, and he was explaining that during a presentation that he was doing, and we're just like, yeah, never thought of it that way. And these kids don't think of it that way either. They're just, you know, heck, it's like Snapchat, you know? Um, talk about damaging. Talk about somebody gets a hold of that picture, and now I can multi-text that or multi-snap that or share that or virus that because, you know, I don't like you because you ticked me off. You wouldn't go to the, to the dance with me last, last year, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this naked picture of you that you sent to my buddy, and now my buddy shared it with me, and I'm going to share it with everybody. De- huge, huge room, huge avenues for destruction. Um, they feel pressured. If you loved me, you would send me a picture of XYZ. Correlates to teens who end up having greater number of sexual partners, more depression, more impulse control issues, more substance abuse issues. Because, I mean, when you're, when something like that happens to you, you, you just want to numb the pain, right? You want to just turn to something that's going to take the pain away. And if that's alcohol, you know, you find some alcohol, you know, you find some pot. Great way, great coping skill, right? To take away your emotional pain for an hour or so until it's gone. And then, yeah, do it over and over. Yep. It's scary. It's a scary thought. Very scary thought. You know, what if just someone just, what if they misdial? You know, I get like a phone call and I'm like, I don't recognize that phone number, but I, lots of phone people call me that I don't recognize. You know, I'm like, oh no, I got the wrong number. What if someone sends you an image like that on your phone? <laughs> you have no control over that. You know? That, that's like a huge fear, you know, uh, for me. Like, <sighs> other thoughts? I mean, going back to your social media, I cannot let my kids watch me scroll through Facebook. Mm-mm. I have a few friends. Friends. Yeah. Fans, followers, yeah, fanatics, freaks. Yeah. And isn't, yeah. And, right. Yep. And that's, that's, that's something that, you know, you, you, you think about, okay, how can I replace 
that with positive interaction, you know, with my kid, whether it's using, you know, technology or not, you know, uh, there are games that you can play with your kids that are digital, you know. Um, it doesn't have to be, let's, let's take it and get rid of all digital technology. Let's become Amish. You know, it doesn't have to be that. It, it just, but unfortunately, it's, it's, it's everywhere. And you're right, I, I, can't, I can't, if I'm on Facebook, I can't, my kids can't be standing there, you know. Um, go ahead. Well, I think that highlights um, teaching our kids how to handle this stuff because they're going to use computers some of them, they're going to have Facebook, and they're going to have the same type of friends sitting over there who are going to put something on their feed that they didn't want there in the first place and how to work with that appropriately. Yeah. Because they didn't ask for it. They're not seeking it out. Um, but learning how to talk to people appropriately about it and just, sadly, this is going to be part of the inter internet usage. And we want to avoid it, but we can't. So they're not going to be avoided either. Yep. Yep, absolutely. There, 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 are some, there are some levels of security, and there's some blocks and some filters and some settings. But kids nowadays, they're experts at how to if I can't get my, my laptop to, to hook up to my network, I'm, Garrett, come here, I need your help. Background. I got my own IT person. My own IT person, 12 years old. He knows how to run my computer better than I do. Hold on, back up, back up. The the thing with Michigan, what? There was there was a um, a statewide thing kind of activity where they tried to track down some children that had disappeared. Um, Got it. As part of a human trafficking. Okay. Um, scenario, and they they found a whole bunch of children. Got it. There's multiple companies exploiting it. Yep. The that area, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've heard that that area, the is it Dearborn or Warren or Detroit, that area is like the trafficking headquarters of the country. Toledo. Oh. So they can get them right out. Right. No. Wow. Yep. <clears throat> Yeah. Does does culture and media shape us or does or do we shape media and culture? I don't know. I think they're they're very much tied together. Right? Yeah. How about one or, one or two more questions and then we'll break for lunch and 
and um, come back and dive a little bit deeper into some a little bit more scary territory. Sure. Right. And basically, the husband said, "No, we got to put this down. We got to stop this. I'm going to call the pastor. We're going to we're going to hit this, and we're going to get rid of this, and, and and try and work with that balance of you know replacing one source of pleasure with another. And you know, as Christians, our morality is number one. You know, we have to do this as long. You know, and we have to, to find that that healthier habit in and our identity in our relationship with our Lord. Right. So I'm going to go home and I'm going to do what is, is fun for me. Yep. But I think it, it, and sometimes I'm at a loss. Sometimes I do say this is beyond my expertise. We've got to go talk to the pastor yep. here. And, yep. I mean, or someone like that. Yep. You know, where I wouldn't even take it to that level. And I think, and I'm thankful, I think we caught it before it became harmful to their marriage, to their children, to their environment, to their, you know, to their faith even. I mean, any kind of, especially with this. Here's another here's another shocker. In in when you when you find um, a Christian, huh, when you find a a real Christian counselor, um, they will steer you to God's word. They will steer you to um, sound psychological uh, uh, principles that will help you to break free of that addiction. There are counselors and some yellow page Christian counselors who will say, pornography, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's going to help you spice up your marriage. You know, it's not, you're not hurting anybody. You know, it's a great way to invigorate your, your dull, boring marriage. They will tell you that. And people are getting wrecked with that really, really bad advice. Um, but there is hope. There is hope. There is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share what Conquerors Through Christ is with you guys because I would be willing to bet a dollar to donuts that as you're talking to your, your, your 10-year-old about the dangers of, of social media and Snapchat, um, that stuff, that stuff, that pornographic stuff comes right to them through email. My kids now are... They're in seventh and fifth grade, and they have to have their own email for school in order to get a teacher's assignments and grades and whatnot. And when you see this, this scary, scary slideshow I'm going to show you, you'll be astounded at how many pornographic emails are sent to your kids every day. Every day. It's coming to you. They don't have to seek it out. They don't have to find it. It comes delivered 
in a nice little package right to your doorstep through the computer. So it's not that bad. I mean, FaceTime or you know, Facebook and Snapchat isn't that bad because I, I, we're not seeing it. We're not seeing it like yeah. the kids are seeing it because they're targeting them. They're not targeting us as bad. And males worse. Mm-hmm. Way worse. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yes, that will help. Yes, yep, I have a slideshow for that. Yep, yep, a slide in my slideshow for that. Yes. Yes. 